On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. COVID's comeback. World Health Organization has just released a report estimating that 15 million deaths occurred globally due to the pandemic around triple. Mass testing is starting for several days in one of Beijing's most populous districts after what is described. The single most important advice, I will repeat this again, and uh, people should know this, is if they're symptomatic, isolate, because that's when you're... Now in India has reported more than 18,000 new COVID cases. Active cases are now at a four-month high uh, amid rising... Today on the Indo Daily, COVID's comeback. Expert tips on how you can avoid the summer surge. Do we all need to get a booster jab? We're kind of in a tricky situation when it comes to what we do right now. We know that, for example, the subvariant 4 and 5 that we're dealing with now is very immune evasive. And are restrictions looming again? Restrictions may be brought back for mandatory mask wearing. The fourth booster may be in line for everybody in the audience. There's contingency plans being put in place for testing and tracing, but really on a government level, there's no desire to implement any of these plans. I'm Fionnán Sheen, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm talking to Professor Christine Losher, Professor of Immunology at Dublin City University, and to Gabby Gadevkaitska, political reporter at the Irish Independent. So, Christine, are we actually in the middle of a COVID wave at the moment? We are indeed. Um, where, where I would say we are in the wave is we're probably maybe a week or two from, I suppose, the peak of the wave. And that's just judging on how much our numbers have increased on PCRs and antigens, how much the positivity rate has gone up, and then kind of mapping that against what's happened in Portugal um, over the last couple of months. They kind of climbed in numbers and positivity for about six weeks and then plateaued and they're on the way down. So we're probably a few weeks behind them. We're probably four, maybe five weeks into our climb. So we are still climbing a bit. Um, So we're not quite there at the peak, but we are in, I suppose, quite an unexpected surge for this time of the year. Um, And really that's just been driven by BA4 and 5 these subvariants that are just a little bit better transmitting, but more importantly, a little bit better at avoiding any previous immunity. So that's where we're at at the moment. And why do you say it's it's unexpected for this time of the year? So we we did think that this type of virus, because it's predominantly respiratory, that it would kind of behave like other respiratory viruses where you'd see a seasonal effect. Now that we're seeing this kind of surge, we had a little bit of a surge in May. Um, now we're having another surge now coming into July. And really it's because the ver- that these new sub-variants are so evasive at previous immunity. 
as long as we keep getting these subvariants, we're probably likely to see these kind of cyclical surges every few months. So this is living with COVID. It, it's going to continue to linger out there and we're, we're, we're going to get hit by a wave every couple of months or within every season. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be very much looking like that. And I suppose, well, that might sound like, you know, a little bit negative and say, oh, God, are we going to have to be dealing with these cycles every every three or four months, which is three to four times a year, I suppose, when you kind of look at it. Um, I suppose the positive side of it is, is that while we are seeing translation into hospital cases because of the sheer volume of cases, we're not seeing any variants arising that are really causing huge issues in terms of severity. And it is only really the severity, I suppose, that's going to cause us huge problems going into the future. Um, if we're dealing with milder illness because of built-up immunity, they'll be much easier to manage in future years. Speaking of vaccinations, I what do you make of the suggestions for another nationwide round of, of, of boosters coming this autumn? Would you be in favour of that? Yeah, so we're kind of in a tricky kind of a, um, a situation when it comes to what we do right now when it comes to boosters and vaccines. And that's because we know that, for example, the subvariant 4 and 5 that we're dealing with now is very immune evasive. If we look at boosters under 65 now, um, what we see is boosting with the vaccine that's still not very specific for Omicron and particularly not specific for this variant. So I think that vaccine at the moment, people should be focusing on people who haven't had boosters before to get those done. In terms of second boosters, absolutely, it'll decrease your risk of getting um, COVID. Um, But I'm not sure it's going to impact hugely on decreasing case numbers because of how immune evasive um, BA4 and 5 is. That said, it will still add to the level of immunity that we have. Um, But I think that we're in a situation where there is an Omicron-specific vaccine coming and the the coronavirus um, in general, those kind of pan vaccines for all coronaviruses are now in clinical trials. So we could, instead of trying to boost the population now, we potentially should be looking at um, whether or not we can um, get the uh, Omicron-specific vaccine um, approved for use and potentially start vaccinating the population with that coming into the autumn and winter months. We're likely to be still dealing with Omicron over the next three to six months. And if that's the case, the priority should be a more specific vaccine. What about practicalities? What am I supposed to be doing at the moment to reduce my chances of contracting COVID-19? Is it back to basics? All we can do is is a collection of things that would lower risk. So even though we'll do them, we still can't 100% prevent, but we can lower risk of COVID. And those are very basic things like, you know, really assessing the environments that you're in. So if you're in a crowded environment, I would still recommend wearing a mask um, and will still wear a mask myself in crowded environments. They inc- so the, the top one of those in my mind is public transport um, where we have seen a huge decrease in mask wearing. Mask wearing will still be very useful on public transport. Crowded environments like shops and any other indoor environment you're in, if there's not good ventilation, if it's not a large area with a small number of people, then mask wearing will help. Um, and I suppose 
the assessing of the situation, the mask wearing and the hand washing together are, are most of what we can do. And then, as I mentioned already, the other thing you can do is if you haven't been boosted and are due a booster, whether you're under 65 and due the first booster or over 65 and due your, your second booster, that is something that you can do again to decrease your risk. It's not going to be 100% preventative. It's a combination of all those four factors. And then on the flip side, if I do have symptoms, what am I supposed to do at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's confusing for a lot of people. A lot of people are dealing with hay fever at the moment. So they're nasally, they're congested. They're wondering, is this the start of, of COVID? Um, I still think that that regular um, antigen testing is a really good idea. And we still should be testing if you have symptoms. If the symptoms, um, if you're negative and the symptoms persist for another two or three days, you should retest. But if you have symptoms, you should be testing every other day to make sure that it's not COVID. Um, and I think then obviously with the positive test, you know, you're supposed to isolate now for seven days or until you have a, um, a, a negative antigen test. So the perception around COVID because people aren't getting as sick with it, I think people are probably more inclined to not be as concerned about it. Um, but I would always say that even if COVID is not giving you a very, very severe infection, passing it on to somebody else who may not do very well with this um, is still a big issue. I think the other thing we need to keep in mind all the time when we think about COVID is the much more talk now around long COVID and the much more science that we have around the definition of long COVID, the neurological and cardiovascular effects. Um, so monitoring, in my mind, is absolutely key. And just to give you an example, the way we do it in my household, the six of us, is that every few days we test two people out of the household. So it's not like you're not expecting to do everybody in your house every couple of days. Just weekly monitoring, you know, check in with, is there any COVID in the house? But particularly if somebody has symptoms, you ha I would say you absolutely have to test. So, Gabia, vaccination once again. Are, are we going for another round of jabs this autumn? It definitely looks like it. So, of course, we know that currently um, we already, people who are immunocompressed or um, over the age of 65, they are supposed to have, get their second booster. But I suppose for the rest of the population, currently NIAC is considering giving that green light for that second booster. Um, that, if you talk to sources, looks to be rolled out maybe even as early as the end of the summer because, of course, you want people to have that additional protection as we go into the autumn and winter months. Um, I think the concern for government is, though, that people who perhaps had COVID at Christmas they couldn't get their booster when there was a big booster rollout um, and their, you know, a couple of months have now lapsed and they've actually never bothered to go off and get the booster. So they don't have that additional protection and their immunities begin to wane from having COVID. So I suppose sources and, and government messaging is that, you know, try and get the, if you're eligible for a booster to actually go off and get it. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to work. When the vaccine was first rolled out, we had this big drive. Go off and get your jab. You're getting your first one. A couple of weeks later, you're going to get your second one. Then you're going to get your booster. But you know, people, I think, have maybe forgotten about COVID a little bit. So I think the challenge is going to be to put that messaging across that you, you know, you need that, you need to get your booster for that um, additional protection and to get that drive of everyone, you know, massively going off into their vaccination centres, their GPs, pharmacies, wherever it may be, to to get their additional shot. 
So this is the Taoiseach's warning that it hasn't gone completely. It's still lingering there and, and is still a threat. Yes, I think the issue now for the coalition is to try and keep the health service not from collapsing this autumn winter because of course we know that those usual viruses like the flu, you know, they're going to be in much higher circulation I suppose, especially um, this winter and autumn and so the hospital service as we know is already under significant pressure and if we have a lot of COVID cases, people that are very sick that's going to pause, that's going to cause you know massive issues um, for the service. So try and really get that messaging I think around the booster is going to be interesting but also some people might not want to get the booster. They may have already had three vaccines, maybe they got sick off all of them and, and they have their own concerns and they say do you know what I've had COVID and I'm going to stick it out so I think the challenge is going to be really targeting those people to kind of get them mobilised again. What about masks? What is happening there? Yes, so interestingly, um, Cabinet last week heard that the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, is now going to go off and prepare legislation to bring back mandatory mask wearing if they are needed. We had legislation that was emergency legislation and it was extended by three months at a time and it got to a point where you couldn't extend it anymore and eventually we didn't need the masks. They are now bringing back the legislation. They're, They're coming up with fresh legislation, working with the Attorney General to make sure that it's legally sound and If it's a precautionary move, that's the view, I suppose, the government is taking. If there is a need to bring back mandatory mask wearing in settings like, for example, like we've seen them before, public transport shops, retail, that legislation may be brought back. And so places like uh, hospitals or medical centres will will still remain at that, that level anyway in terms of an advisory? So the public health advice still remains in place but of course once you have the legislation then you have to wear your mask. There is no, I don't want to wear it, I don't have it, you have to wear the mask. So, Stephen Donnelly also looking at a, a task force uh, that could be used for contact t- tracing and testing. So there's a there's a lot building up here towards possibly something bigger happening. Yeah, and by the way, this has been building up for a number of months now. I think there was work underway in government. Um, to put in place, I suppose, sort of contingency backup plans. So that may include things like if we get a really bad wave of COVID that comes out of nowhere, there's plans put in place where vaccination centres could pop up again, testing and tracing will pop up again. All that would be ramped up much quicker as opposed to we're here with a fresh wave and then there's a big scramble as to what do we actually do, like we saw during the pandemic. Good luck with finding the staff <laughs> in, yes. in that case. The army would probably be called on again and taken out of the airport. What about uh, ordinary Joe Public? Are we looking at things like working from home coming back? I think if you talk to, of course, Hanish Deliv Radker, he'd tell you that, you know, he wants working from home to be part of normal working life. Um, there is not appetite for any restrictions to come back at all. And I think in fairness, even the legislation around man- to bring back mandatory mask wearing, if necessary, that was a surprise that there really was very little indication of that before it actually took place at the cabinet table. So I think even though the government is, you know, it has these plans working in, in the background, it's saying COVID hasn't gone away. I think, you know, there's definitely no appetite for things like working from home or, you know, COVID starts or anything like that. There there definitely is no desire for any of that this winter. I, I think this winter is going to be a real challenge for the health service. You know, I don't think there's any doubt about that. We're going to have, COVID is going to be rampant. It already is rampant. We're not really seeing any big measures taken by government. Um, okay, we have legislation to be put in place for masks if needs be. Um, but, you know, it, I think it's going to see um, the health service under significant pressure. And then, of course, we're hearing bodies like the Irish Medical Organization, IMO, saying, look, we, we need to, for government to take, bring back the masks, you know, do whatever it needs to do to help our staff from 
collapsing with the stress and the pressure. And I think it's going to be a difficult winter looms ahead for sure. So what's happening at the airport uh, at the moment and, and, and with Erlingus in terms of, of staffing, George, the, the fear would be that that would, would grip health aspects of the health service as well? Well, I think if hospitals are going to be collapsing under pressure from, you know, many, many COVID patients coming in that are really quite sick, that's obviously going to put a lot of strain on the health service. But also on a different level, if you look at where our health service is at now, Tony Holohan has finished up. Ronan Glynn is on his way out if he's not already gone. Um, we know now Paul Reed, HSC CEO, he's, he's leaving also. So there's a lot of change going on at the top. And how that's going to reflect in the running of our health service is also going to have an impact because you're seeing all these head honchos that are now leaving. Um, you're going to have to, of course, fill those slots. But as new people come in, they take time to settle in and get used to their job. And I think, you know, they're coming in at a really precarious time and we're going to see if some of them, maybe they'll, maybe they'll be even better than Paul Reed or Tony Hollihan. But, you know, with like any new position, you need time to settle in and it'll be a, a real task for them, I'm sure, this winter. My thanks to Gabby Agatha at the Irish Independent and earlier Professor Christine Losher of Dublin City University. I'm Fiannan Sheen and today's episode was produced by Mary Carl, researched by Gareth Mulhall with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from News Talk, NDTV, the BBC and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. <laughs>